Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. So I spoke to John Rustad this morning. Yeah. yeah. Leader of the BC Conservative Party here, second in all these opinion polls. And I asked him again, now what about the idea of a merger, right? Like you guys have split now with the BC United Party, formerly BC Liberal Party. Why can't you guys get together here, you know, bury the hatchet, do a merger, take on the NDP, do a tag team? And you could maybe defeat the NDP. Because yeah. the, the way it's split right than, now. Easier said than done. I've got to call him out this week saying, predicting the big, the ongoing big story in 2024 is going to be Rustad and Falcon mm-hmm. versus EB. Yeah. Um, if they remain split, the NDP is looking at a cakewalk in the, tw- in the October election. Um, if they come together, then that's a different story. But getting together, I, you know, you're talking to John about um, merger. Of course, he's going to say the polite thing is say, of course, we're open to talk. Sure, he doesn't rule it out. Yeah, but oh, it doesn't rule it in either. <laughs> and the egos at the door are, have to be checked. And I'm not sure. That, I just don't see that happening. So who's going to lead the, the party? Well, this yeah. is the thing. This is the thing we is got into. John Rustad, or is it going to be Kevin Falcon? Uh, yeah. Falcon's not giving in. He gave an interview to D- Dirk Meiser in Canadian Press into your interview saying that he thinks the polls are, B- in his words, BS. Mm. He doesn't believe the situation that the polls suggest. He Maybe thinks, he's right. He could very well be right. Yeah. He thinks the Conservatives are, mir- are a mirage. He mm-hmm. goes back to 2013 when the polls were notoriously wrong. Yes. And inflated the Conservative vote. Remember John John Cummins? Yes, you know was tracking around twenty percent in some and then he flatlined and flatlined, yeah. and the Liberals emerged victorious. And, sure. and Falcon is liking it to twenty thirteen. I don't share his view of that. I think pollsters have basically since then got their act together and have predicted or projected very um, with great accuracy a number of elections. So I don't think the polls are BS. But nevertheless, it's, I, I still think that's going to be the dominant political story twenty four twenty four watching. Rustad and Falcon, you should have them on every week. Uh, who's going to blink first here? Or is anyone going to blink? Are they just going to head right to October, Right over the cliff. Right over the cliff in October <laughs> with a, a split. We see. So the Free Enterprise Coalition yeah. has ruled BC for 50 of 75 years. Go back to the social credit days in the 1950s at WAC Bennett. Every 20 years or so, it falls apart. Fell apart in 72, um, and the NDP came in. They got their act together three years later when Bill Bennett recruited three liberals and a conservative um, MLAs into his caucus and rebuilt the Free Enterprise Coalition. It fell apart again in 1991. The Social Credit Party was destroyed itself. NDP ruled 1990s because it took 10 years for that Free Enterprise Coalition to get rebuilt under Gordon Campbell. First Gordon Wilson, then Gordon Campbell. They lost the 96 election, even though they had the most votes. Um, because they couldn't quite rebuild that coalition. They rebuilt it, and they won in 2001, and they ruled for 17 years. Yes. The coalition is now falling apart again. Again. And it last time it took 10 years to rebuild. Yeah. So we're now in year, we're approaching year seven yeah. of, of, well, you could argue the coalition really fell apart in the last couple of years. Yeah. So is it going to take another eight years to rebuild this coalition? I don't think it can be rebuilt in eight months. That's the challenge, and and you know, Rustad sort of touched on that in your interview when he about a new a leader. Well, let's play that because I asked him, okay, what about this merger? And again, he doesn't rule it out. He says he's open to it, but then we got into a bit of the nitty gritty. Well, who would who would lead this thing? Now I said to him, why don't you guys just agree to do a leadership uh, vote? Okay, so you could do a merger, 
and then let your party members vote on who should be the leader. So I put that to him, and here's what he said. Well, we're interested in having those conversations with individuals or, or group. The big challenge that we have is there's going to be an election in 2024. It's going to schedule in, in October, which is nine months. We will not have a time to do something like that. We just don't. And that's yeah. just the reality we're facing. Yeah, so, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, again, yeah. um, policy differences. The Rustad and the Conservatives are vehemently anti-SOGI yeah. in schools. That's the sexual orientation, gender identity Which was brought in, in by the B.C. Liberal Party, yeah. of which members of the B.C. United Caucus were in cabinet that brought in that, that, uh, that policy, including sure. Mike Bernier, for example, former education minister. Yeah. Uh, there's no way they're going to reconcile over that issue. No. So, again, the, the merger keeps these guys apart. Uh, or, sorry, the, the merger uh, is not going to happen because of these policy differences. There's significant policy differences. Bruce Bannon, who's the other MLA in, uh, in that conservative caucus, stood up and demanded books be banned from libraries. Yeah. You've got the BC United MLAs have roasted the conservative, both Rustad and Bannon, on Twitter on some of the stuff that they've uh, they've come out with. So again, this is not the t- these two parties are not the same. They're fundamentally different. Even though they occupy the same part of the political spectrum, there's big differences. So no merger. See, I also think that the just to go back to the polls for a minute and Falcon dismissing these polls and saying that they're BS. I, I tend to agree with you that there's there's something real going on here with this BC Conservative Party. Yeah. And I think one of the factors, a couple of major factors, one is the bleed over effect from Pierre Polyev and his success at the federal level here, leading the federal opinion polls. Mm-hmm. And that sort of just it sort of bleeds over into support for the BC Conservative Party, I just think naturally. The other one is this move by the BC Liberals to rename themselves BC United. People don't know what this BC United Party is. So the combination of that, I think, is yeah. just brutal for this BC Oh, United. it's a double whammy. So, yeah. again, you look at the, the Conservative vote federally. Yeah. Uh, the Conservatives own BC outside of Metro Vancouver for the most part and Vancouver Island. I mean, if you look at the interior, the north... NDP's got a, a sort of a, a stranglehold on one of the northwest seats. But basically, BC's all blue outside of Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island. Even on Vancouver Island, the old, you know, Conservatives and the, uh, the old Reform Party used to win Vancouver Island outside of the capital region. Even on, even in the capital region, you know, Esquimalt. Keith Martin was a Reform MP sure. there for years. So the Conservative brand is fairly strong federally. Sure. It's never been strong provincially since the 1930s, right. 40s, um, because it's always been re- uh, captured by that free enterprise coalition. But that coalition is now fractured. Yeah. So where does that conservative vote go? Yeah. And it's a significant chunk of voters. And right now they're they're locked into the B.C. Conservative Party, and I don't see them going back to B.C. United. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be really interesting to watch here this year. Let me ask you real quickly. We had a really interesting segment previously here on the SEBA loan program. Now, this is one of the COVID small business loans that came in during the pandemic. The clock now ticking for the repayment of these loans just over a little over two weeks away. And businesses required to pay back these loans in order to forgive part of it. And if they don't pay it back, they, they're stuck with paying the entire loan back mm-hmm. and they got to start paying interest on it. So I, I spoke to Dan Kelly, Canadian Federation Independent Business. He's asking for another extension. Now, they've already received two extensions mm-hmm. on these loans. He's asking for another one. He, now, he says that it looks like the, the, the government this time is not going to blink again on this. Well, you know, I think the psychological impact of the pandemic on finances is still lingering and lasting. And some of these businesses, you know, you get a $60,000 loan. Well, you know, 
you do the math, trying to pay off a $60,000 credit card, yeah. you know, uh, even though the interest is not as great on, on these loans as on a credit card, it's, it's, it's tough to pay these off. And I think, I think the public sentiment towards things like government debt uh, has changed. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, CERB, you know, we're talking billions of dollars went out the yeah. door sure. for economic relief. It's the worst economic crisis since the Depression. And I think the public is not as steadfast in its zeal to retire. So do you debt. think? So do you think? Therefore, the public would maybe support an extension of these I think, loans. You know, I think people would. I think. I think there's less. I remember in the 1990s, getting rid of the debt was the big thing. Remember that you know debt was the the big yeah. evil thing. I think public sentiment has changed on that. You know the the balanced budget. You know, remember was the, you had to balance the budget at all costs. The pandemic changed all that where balanced budgets went out the window. And I didn't t- detect any public backlash to suddenly having um, uh, you know, non-balanced budgets and deficits. Mm-hmm. And I think the public's mood has changed on that. And okay. Because of that, the crisis everyone faced in that pandemic. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Derek and Pitt Meadows. Hi, Derek. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Hey, I'm a small contract business owner, contractor, and um, you know, I I chose not to take the loan just because I knew I'd have to pay it back at some point. And um, but I know other contractors who did, so I I don't mind an extension, but I certainly wouldn't appreciate the government absolving those loans and just giving people the money. I mean, if they're going to do that, then give me my share too. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking. We're not talking about forgiveness of the loan. It's just an extension. Yeah. Um, now, you may argue that and some people may be in a position to ne- never repay that loan if, if they took on too much. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Do your own finances. You know, If you've got a $60,000 debt, it's going to take you a while to repay that. I guess it's a, at what point does the government say enough is enough because they've already given them two, two extensions. And by the way, if you don't pay the loan back by the deadline, then you're only charged, you have another three years to pay it back and you're charged 5% interest which is an awesome deal on a loan, okay? five. You won't get 5% at the bank on a loan. No, but so they're giving them a deal on the interest, they too. Are, but even 5% uh, in terms of your monthly payments is still going to be a lot for a lot of people. Well, especially if a small business is struggling and it's on yeah. the, it's yeah, on the so edge. I, I still think there's a, a public sentiment there for, for some... Uh, not uh, forgiveness, but some, an extension. some wiggle room. Another extension. Uh, another extension. Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug. Go ahead. I'm Mike in Keith. I'm dealing with a bad throat, so I'll be brief. With all the damage that Kevin Falcon and his crowd have done to this province in 16 years and various incarnations, politically speaking, I hope him and Rustad are like two sharks in a bathtub and they uh, carve up themselves so that we never hear of Kevin Falcon again the day he we, he's no longer politically empowered. Good riddance to him. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you might get your wish. Two sharks in a bathtub. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Where, where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Falcon's time as um, health minister, finance minister, uh, that's, you know, he's he likes to talk about that, about his track record. But the NDP will use, you can be sure they're drawing up some attack ads. Anytime you're in politics, you compile a track record. Sure. And yeah. there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. Yeah. And election time, the bad, the other guy throws the bad stuff at you. NDP ran a very effective uh, campaign in 2017 against Christy Clark, where they really hammered home the track record when it came to corporate financial donations. Yep. 
Those attack ads were The private very, dinners she was having in private homes for 10000 bucks a plate. Those attack ads were oh. very effective, I think. Yeah. And you can be sure Falcon is going to be the subject of uh, a lot of uh, NDP attack ads. I don't right. think the United Party has the money right now to um but is to come who's their enemy it. who's their biggest enemy though now is it falcon or is it rustad you know uh um david eby's been asked this question who's your main opponent he doesn't n- name who it is but then at least in a couple of interviews he starts talking about john rustad yeah. and the bc conservatives i think they've identified the conservatives as their chief opponent yeah. not the bc united that yeah. could change through the course of the year even though the united has way more seats in the house I think right now, I know talking to cabinet ministers, they view the conservatives as the as their chief political opponent, not wow. the United. Wow, that's amazing. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi, hi. Good morning, guys. Hey, with regards to paying back these loans, and my God, I hope there's liberal MPs listening because they've really screwed up small business. Uh, question for Keith. Um, my wife took out this $40,000 loan when all this was happening to shut down small business, and she managed to stay afloat. Uh, it was tough, I'll tell you. So it was on the premise that you pay if you pay back thirty, you're exempt from ten. So right. we paid. So we paid back the thirty thousand, and by the end of this, it had to be done by the end of December, which we did. All of a sudden, the credit union, her credit union sponsor, says the government agent now states, "Oh, you you actually didn't qualify for that exemption of the ten. So it's weird. You you qualify, and all of a sudden you're disqualified. Hmm. We paid. We took out of our savings, paid the thirty back." And now all of a sudden they're saying, "Oh no!" Is this a, was this a SIBA? Was Rob? Was this a SIBA loan? Like you mean during the, during the COVID for small? No, no. Was it was it the was it the Canada Emergency Benefit? Yeah, for loan? small business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? That doesn't sound right to me. No. You know what it I would do? No, you know no. what I would do? Go to your MP. What would I do? Well, yeah. well, yeah. I could certainly could go to your MP, yeah. but I would also uh, contact Dan Kelly at Canadian Federation yeah. of Independent Business. Go to cfib.ca. I believe yeah. is the website. Sounds like you've yeah. been, um, yeah, d- d- treated unfairly there. I, yeah. would, I, I would go to Dan Kelly or talk to your MP. I mean, MPs. People forget MPs and MLAs. That's a big part of their job yeah. is to solve situations like this. Because I, I do think you, if if they've changed the terms on you, that's fundamentally wrong. Yeah. No, you should but definitely appeal on Did you have anything in writing? Did your wife sign a contract? Did she have any any written agreement on how this is going to work? That's another big factor. But reach out to Dan Kelly because he does a really good job advocating and that kind of stuff. AJ and Burnaby. Hi, AJ. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. How are you? I love your show. Thank you. Good. Okay. Uh, regarding the loan, I just repaid the loan uh, just uh, a week ago or so. So, like, but it, as as the other listener also, you know, it was tough to repay. So I had to take 20 grand from my savings to repay it. So now I'm wondering if the government will extend because this money I will need it definitely. So what's going to be happening to us, which is we pay? Are we going to get it back? Well, that's a, good, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like if you've already paid the loan back and then they do another extension, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Can I have it back now? <laughs> back, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think the government's going to blink. You think so? I think so. I think so. Dan, Dan Kelly doesn't think they're going to well, blink. Well, we're coming up to an election. Yeah. I, don't, I think the, the government of any jurisdiction doesn't want to make enemies in election uh, uh, time you know it's elections next year it's not gonna be this year but uh, or it could be but i think the liberals need to make friends not enemies 